0: Hello teacher friends and welcome back to the Art of Teaching Business. I'm Denise Lee, your host. This is the last part, the third episode of a three episode series on everything accounting. So this was specifically for accounting teachers. I have enjoyed teaching accounting so much throughout the years, but boy, the way I teach it today is very different than I taught it at the beginning of my um, of my tenure as a teacher. I remember the textbook being my saving grace. And if that's where you are and that's your place of comfort, then you need to make sure you are comfortable with the content. Honestly, after teaching it for 27 years, I am so comfortable with the content. My gosh, I should be right I'm so comfortable, I don't need to lean on that textbook. But I think I've told you in the past, the textbook kind of raised me as an accounting teacher. It taught me the scaffolding, the scope and sequence. Uh, It helped me with pacing and it provided me with the content uh, that melds with the, the national business education standards that I needed in order for my students to be successful. Now that I have been teaching for 27 years, so much has changed and you know as well as I do that one of the biggest factors of changes are our our, our students, uh, who they are and what works as far as instructional strategies and techniques. So my last episode was really all about instructional strategies and techniques This particular episode, I really want to focus on assessment, and let me tell you why I want to focus on assessment in this particular episode. Accounting is processes and sequence. It is a process. You can't move on to chapter two until you've mastered chapter one, and so on. Because it is such a process, assessments are really important. Assessments are important in every content area, of course, but specifically for any content where you must master concepts before moving on. We know as teachers that assessments really need to drive our instruction. Well, students drive our instructions, but the results of their assessments really need to be guiding our instruction. So I'm going to talk to you about formal uh, summative assessments, as well as formative assessments. I used to give the textbook test probably for the first eight or 10 years of my 27 years. I used the textbook test. The good thing was the test was done for me and I had a teacher's key, right? The bad thing was that the textbook creator was not the one teaching my class. I was. I feel like all assessments should be created by the individual who taught the content. You may note that my Teachers Pay Teachers store, my resources do not include summative, especially assessments or tests. There's no quizzes. There's no tests. But my store is full of formative assessments. So I'm going to explain what I mean. In accounting class, I have four quarters, four quarters of a year. Uh, Some of you are trimester teachers, some are semester teachers. I teach, like I said in the first episode of this series, Uh, this is a year-long class. Uh, That said, I have four quarters, and each quarter I try to do three summative assessments. I try to make sure that I am doing 10 formative assessments. The formative assessments are, of course, those quick takeaways, those quick ways in which students are showing me uh, that they have mastered concepts. Now, when I say formative assessments, I'm not including activities. I may give them 10 Points for doing an activity that is not an assessment. That's because the kids wouldn't do it unless they knew they were getting points. You know, as a teacher, when that's going to be the case. But as far as assessments go, the very first formative assessment I do with my students at the beginning of the year, we go over to my city lab as I am the creator of the city collaborative. And I have this mini lab in my uh, business uh, suite. So if you aren't familiar with that, uh, you can search on business-ed.com and you can see what I mean by having a city in my in my makerspace. So in that city right now, there are almost 200 businesses and students go over and select a business of their choice in which to do an assessment on. They are doing a an account assessment. What assets might that business have? What liabilities might that business have? And what owner's equity accounts would that business have? Now, the way that this is so real world is that they could actually, if you don't have that little mini city like I do, they could actually use their local Dunkin' or Starbucks. They could use a local small business in your town where your school district is and do this Assessment. This is a formative assessment. This, of course, is done after I have taught the accounting equation, after students understand and realize what accounts are and what are assets, what are liabilities, and what are are owners' equity. So instead of me giving a test on what is an asset, they are demonstrating mastery by listing the assets for the business, again, bringing the real world in. That's a formative assessment. That could even be a summative assessment if you tie in other concepts and content in that particular assessment. Um, The second really uh, formative assessment that I do is uh, we do an assessment on supplies versus equipment. Supplies, of course, being consumables and equipment, of course, being assets that you're going to be using uh, year after year that eventually may be depreciated. So again, formative assessments. The first summative assessment I give in the year is Lamar's Haunted House. I created a series of summative assessments that are linked always to entrepreneurs. In my accounting class, it is not just accounting. It's a business class. I, accounting, of course, is the language of business. So I'm tying in entrepreneurs and business activities as much as I can. And I want my students to make that connection between accounting and how accounting is driving our business and the decisions that we have for our business. So they're using the critical thinking skills and analytical thinking skills from day one in my class. Lamar's Haunted House is Lamar's entrepreneurial journey. He is uh, starting a haunted house in our community and that particular assessment, not test assessment, that's taking place of a test, is allowing students to understand this is the entrepreneur behind this accounting journey, business journey, entrepreneurial journey. And there's a series of transactions that they have to complete. They also have to um, do some things with assets, liabilities, owners, equity, as far as account classifications. And there's gap concepts In that as well. That's what's making it so summative and culminating. So that's the first summative assessment that my students do. I also, after Lamar's, have a series of entrepreneurial journeys that I created, all digital activities that are now my assessments, because I know them to be the best way to measure whether my students understand accounting. Not only the best way, but the most interesting and real-world application in order to assess my students. There's Burke's Bike Shop. Burke's Bike Shop is my summative assessment for my worksheet chapter, my eight-column worksheet chapter. There's Maeve's Irish Bakery. Maeve's Irish Bakery, Uh, students have to complete an income statement, but not just complete that income statement. They have to realize uh, the four parts, do it correctly, come up with the component percentages, uh, the assets, uh, I'm sorry, the expenses versus the uh, revenue. And then after completing it, they have to give a little assessment of their own to Maeve or counsel her on where perhaps uh, she could cut costs, what expenses may be out of control. This is a wonderful opportunity for me to have this dialogue with students that we accountants are preparing these financial statements, which help entrepreneurs drive decisions for their business. And even though we have counseled them or consulted with, they've consulted with us, entrepreneurs don't have to listen to our recommendations. So that is, of course, Maeve's Irish Bakery. I also have Pamela's Pies, which is a four-part assessment. There are four separate formative assessments, or you can give that simulation as a summative assessment. Pamela's Pies is a transactional assessment where students are given source documents and from the source documents making transactions. They are also posting in one part as well as doing payroll for Pamela. After we complete that simulation, I'm always sure to make sure that I'm treating my kids to some pie as we like to celebrate uh, great educational achievements. Uh, But that can be for Formative assessments or one summative assessment, really bringing in and tying in a lot of concepts. I don't give a test. I am giving that simulation again. Gap concepts are addressed in there as well as account classification, and really any of the target standard achievements that I want my students to uh, to master for that particular chapter or that unit. Um, I am also doing currently just finished a great capstone project and capstone projects are something that really became uh, something in the forefront in education a few years ago because, of course, of how our kids are these days. They need to be engaged. They need to see everything that they've learned throughout the year, really making a great connection with the real world as far as um, an entrepreneurial journey in that particular capstone. So that capstone project is a food truck, a cart, or a kiosk. I call that the Accounting Simple Startup. And I went to the simple startup capital of the world, New York City, and filmed videos as an intro for that project. Those videos are embedded in that capstone project. Just to add, again, a real world element. So I'm at Central Park, I'm in in front of the plaza, at a couple of beautiful food carts there. I'm down at Battery Park in New York City as well, introducing some of the units that are within that capstone. That capstone product project has 10 competencies. They can be offered as formative assessments, but honestly, it's a great Culminating project and perfect summative assessment for the end of your semester or your year or trimester for accounting students. The 10 competencies, again, not giving a test, uh, but the 10 competencies in that particular capstone project is the front of the the simple startup, the facade, the students actually get to create. Now, that is one That is very creative about this project. I sometimes have a hard time finding a good way to make accounting creative, creating the facade of their food truck cart or kiosk is um, exciting because you want to make sure students pick a brand they are uh, picking a vibe for their business. And of course, a little bit of marketing is tied in as an interdisciplinary element for this capstone. They also have to do a business briefing and entrepreneurial profile, because of course, they are the entrepreneurs for this simple startup. After they have the front of the truck they're actually going to be shopping online for an actual food truck so that they know about what it's going to cost to start up this business and they're also continuing to shop for supplies and equipment and creating a supplies and an equipment inventory for their simple startup now in this file i have that students are really just copying and pasting images and prices for their supplies which are of course consumables and their equipment which of course someday will be depreciated but i even took it a step further and i had my students revisit that file most recently when we were doing excel I tie in Excel any way I can in accounting class. And I'm not talking about templates provided by the textbook. I'm talking about creating spreadsheets from scratch. Half the battle in teaching Excel honestly is formatting, you know, expanding cells, making them bigger, uh, making it look professional and aesthetically pleasing. I don't want that stuff done for the kids. I want them to be creating these charts and spreadsheets themselves. So they had to to make a list of all their supplies in Excel, all their equipment and supplies um, in Excel, as well as the prices, and then add up in Excel, of course, using the sum function, how much they would have in supplies and equipment. That is not included in the project. That is something I did above and beyond after they completed the project. So you see how a capstone can lead to other competencies that you want your students to achieve. So going back to the capstone, after they did their supplies and their equipment inventory, then there was a series of transactions. Now that their their food truck or their cart is set up, the facade is done, they have their equipment and their supplies, it's time to make money. So they have a, a whole series of startup transactions that they complete for their simple startup. And from that, they do their net worth statement. We don't show enough love, in my opinion, to the net worth statement in introductory accounting. The net worth statement is an unbelievably important component, often that has to be given to a bank when we want bank loans. And it's also needed on some tax documents. So the net worth statement component is in there as well as students uh, listing a chart of accounts. I have examples of chart of accounts for students to reference, but I want them to, again, to be using their critical thinking skills when they are creating this chart of accounts. So after the net worth statement, the chart of accounts, the business briefing, the um, entrepreneurial profile, as well as creating a facade and being super uh, creative in that aspect, then they have to do an income statement and a balance sheet. And the income statement and the balance sheet is where the whole class kind of meets together because I have to provide those numbers for them to make this project uh, gradable for the teachers so that they are able to manage uh, really checking all of these assessments. But Honestly, the capstone project has been um, my saving grace here at the end of the school year because I'm now doing a lot, as I said, of Excel components to extend on that capstone. Some accounting teachers don't do Excel in beginning accounting. Some are doing QuickBooks or uh, they are doing another accounting software. But honestly, with all of my discussion with accountants in the industry, my work with Deloitte, it's a it's just common knowledge that Excel is still king. And even the big four accounting firms are using Excel, of course, customized to their business. But Excel is still king. So I want my students to have as much experience with Excel as possible. They are creating now Excel spreadsheets. With that chart of accounts, they created a net worth statement using Excel, their income statement and balance sheet is now going to be in Excel. Again, separate components from that capstone project, but a way to extend the work they did for their simple startup. And now they're going to have a sheet with all these separate tabs for their simple startup, which will be another series of formative assessments that they're completing for me. It's a great way to, again, incorporate those skills. Now, if students did something incorrect on their simple startup file, uh, the capstone project file, then when they are doing the Excel component, they are able to correct that. In the Excel component. So it's also a a way to revisit mistakes that they've made, correct them. And there's a lot happening, we know scientifically, when we are asking students to revisit something that perhaps was done incorrectly the first time. Again, this series, this particular episode was all about those formative and summative assessments. I also give activity grades. But activity grades and formative assessments are always graded over the shoulder or during that class period. Again, this is a way for this teacher to make my teacher life manageable. And summative assessments are usually digital. Again, that Pamela's Pies and that Capstone Project for the Simple Startup are the ones that I will grade when the students aren't there. But there are rubrics for those, and those rubrics will then be given back to the students. Their opportunity to correct anything that is not done correctly is corrected when my students are doing the Excel component, which is not part of that capstone project. Just another journey I wanted my students to take in their accounting class. I certainly hope that uh, this series on accounting was a help to all of my accounting teacher friends. Uh, Please know that I hear you. I read your emails and I read your DMs when some of you are a little overwhelmed with accounting. It seems to be the one class that you either love to teach or you have to find the love in teaching it. And I'm here to tell you, I probably didn't love it the first five years I taught it. It took me a little bit of uh, time to get my my groove as far as my instructional strategies and instructional tools. But I have done an extensive about, amount of research because I care that my kids really know what they're um, learning and how to tie it into the real world. And with all of my research, these were my findings. I am certainly not telling you that this is how you should teach your accounting class, but this is what works for me. And I'm so happy to be able to share it with you. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you are a fan of this podcast and you have appreciated listening to this accounting series um, or the episodes before, please leave a review on whatever podcast application you're using. I would certainly appreciate it. And I look forward to future podcasts for the Art of Teaching Business. Thanks for listening.